So excited to uh, introduce you to one of my longtime good friends, Najwa Parkins. Najwa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I don't even know how to how to introduce you. You're you're primarily a vocalist, right? I Correct. will say, say that. You're primarily a vocalist, but you're one of those people who can do everything well and likes to do lots of different things. So thank you. can you speak a little bit more about what a, just like what are the other avenues that you well, creative outlets, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, I'm primarily a vocalist. I played trombone as well all the way through college and beyond. I have, in recent years, mostly focused on vocals, but um, also creatively, I do some circus arts. I was a gymnast Ooh. when I was younger, so now I have found my way back to that as an aerialist. Mm -hmm. so, and what type of aerial apparatus? I mostly focus on the lira, which is also called aerial hoop. Okay. Um, and I'll do like static trapeze, and I have done fabric, but I, I stick to the bars more. Gotcha. <laughs> do you do that professionally? Um, I wouldn't call it professionally. I do perform with a company called uh, Tangle Movement Arts, which is all female, and so you could call it semi-professional. Mm -hmm. For myself, Sweet. there are more professional people in it, but gotcha. music is my profession. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you also teach. I do. Are you a, technically a professor? I don't think technically. Okay. I am adjunct faculty. Gotcha. But yeah, I, pro I profess places, about right? music. At, yeah. at Moravian and Temple. Temple. Yep. Awesome. Cool. And do you like... Uh, like what do you what do you do there or do you run classes do you just do private lessons so um at temple i do private lessons i teach an ensemble a small ensemble and i also teach two sections of jazz voice for non-majors which is very interesting and at moravian i teach private lessons and also run a small ensemble okay very cool anything else that we're leaving off the list you act i do um, I write. You write. <laughs> yes, you compose. Yeah. You improvise. Mm -hmm. Is there anything musical that you don't do? Musical that I don't do? You don't play the tuba, do you? I do not play the tuba. I did have a foray with euphonium for tuba Christmas. Oh yeah, we yeah, yeah. We played tuba Christmas together. Yeah. I think. Oh, that was such a magical time. Yes. <laughs> So cold. The first time it clicked was during the performance. Either yes. that or I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> but like I'm pretty sure I got the right notes and it like the first time it happened was in the performance. Yes. That was my foray. So what was the instrumentation euphonium. for uh, Tuba Christmas? It was about tuba. Yeah, tubas and euphoniums and mm -hmm. a whole bunch. Like yeah, how about are we few hundred? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. It's like where was it? <laughs> I thought you meant like caroling with five. Oh no, low brass it was like in New York on in the in Rockefeller yeah. Center on oh, the wow. ice. I'm glad okay. you. I was like the place that's yeah. on TV <laughs> with a lot. the big tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we went there. I think that was my. I think that was my senior year, your junior year, mm -hmm. um, and that was that was a blast. It was. That was a fun trip. Um, then so being someone who does. A lot. I have two questions to throw at you. You mm -hmm. can decide which you want to answer first or ignore them both and talk freely. Um, number one, what's your favorite aspect of what you do musically? Uh, like, what's 
your favorite what what really gets you like jazzed what's the motivation jazz is it oh, oh, <laughs> pun intended. No, no pun intended i'm leaving but like what gets you really excited and like is it the performing aspect of it is it composing is it specifically improvising then my other question is no no, no i'll answer that one first okay huh i really i do really love performing um and sometimes that is what gets gets it gets me jazzed but um, <laughs> uh other times i just get really excited to write about things that are like happening in my life mm -hmm. so and not necessarily a big event like I'm, I'm inspired by nature and stuff like that also if something makes me angry it's a great uh avenue to write about it and not make it as angry make something beautiful <laughs> out of it mm. and um i'm not great at piano so i actually find that a lot of my favorite writing happens when i make a mistake in the voicing i'm trying to play and sure. i'm like oh what was that <laughs> let me do it on purpose now so it's nice that jazz is such a forgiving genre yeah. like the mistakes lead to better <laughs> things yeah it's like Most oh i actually played a cool extension and now I will do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and figure out what to call it. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, or I was ahead. wondering, like, do you, can you give an example of uh, one of your pieces or projects where you started in an angry place and then it <laughs> developed into something? I'd be curious. Um, I feel... Uh, let me see. I feel like a lot, of, a lot of my lyrics aren't necessarily... I shouldn't say angry, but the, they have a dark quality to them. And I like to, I like playing with the darkness in the, the quality of the lyrics and balancing it out with maybe like something that normally sounds cheerful to people mm -hmm. or, um, you know, not, not that it would be weighing it down, but I like, I like playing with the contrast on purpose sure. of like, oh, this sounds like very happy or like this isn't what it's about but yeah. for the people who are actually listening to the story it's like okay you get a bonus <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah levels yeah <laughs> first up today to help you get a sense of Najwa's style we have one of her original compositions called clouded dreams this is off her 2019 album Najwa parkins and friends live at the deerhead featuring Najwa on vocals evan gregor on bass larry mckenna on tenor sax skip wilkins on piano and tom whaley on drums i really love the sound they got on this record if you've ever been to a show at the deerhead you'll know that it's this really special room where over a hundred years of amazing jazz has happened and you can kind of feel it if you aren't driving right now, go ahead and close your eyes and let Naj and her friends transport you there. See 
Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about what your compositional process is like? Is it different every time? Do you normally start with lyrics? Um, I think that it varies a lot for me. Sometimes I'll have I'll have lyrics going in my head and I'll sit down and be able to plunk something out like right away. Other times I'll have us like I'll just have a melody in my head and I don't have all the lyrics and I might do them at the same time like when I when I eventually sit down. And sometimes I have a set of lyrics in I have a notebook of where I write lyrics and sometimes I'll have a set that I haven't done anything with and that couldn't connect them to anything and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know what? This will actually go together. So I don't know if that actually answers the question, but yeah, that absolutely does. <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. Like I, I always ask, I think I ask just about every guest that because it's really interesting. We get a different answer. Yeah. Every time I'm, I think I'm similar to you in a way that like it happens differently every time mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working on putting together an album right now and it's, uh, I'm doing a kind of hodgepodge process. The, all these lyrics were just kind of scraps of things that hit my hit my head and I just put in my phone. There are some where I have bigger blocks of, yeah. I, I sat down and wrote this as a song. But most of them, I'm just trying to kind of fit together and categorize and then f fit the music later. I'm, yeah. That's the part I'm not worried about. I'm trying to like focus really hard on getting lyrics that are not too cheesy right. and cohesive and say something and, and then I think the music will come after that. Agreed. That's the part that's usually easier. Um, so then, specifically about, uh, like, I, I know you said you get inspiration from lots of different things. Mm -hmm. How do you choose, I don't know, how do you choose subject matter to, of what to develop? Is it just like what, what matches up musically? You have a notebook full of lyrics and you're like, this one really speaks to me. I want to develop this one. Or you're just like, oh, this one I have a melody for. Um... So another aspect of my process is that I want, I like there to be multiple meanings that could be construed out of whatever story I'm telling. So for me, it might have been based in one event that happened. And, but eventually, like in another, there's stuff I've written years ago that now I could apply to other things, but I know what I wrote it about sure. when it happened. Yeah. And I wouldn't tell someone because I, I want to know, like, well, what do you think it's about? Yeah. But um, I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose. I'm trying to, like, actually answer the question. In a, <laughs> in I think, I think you did. You, okay. I, you kind of yeah. start specific and then try to make it, you know, broadly applicable right. to yeah. life. That makes sense. Cool. Um, Dave, did you have any questions? I was kind of curious on what you were just saying there. So is it like a Frankenstein sometimes with your pieces? Like, do you, do you do that a lot or is it just more of like an occasional thing? I think it's, I think it's a lot. I think it, it started out as just I would be talking about something specific that happened to me or something I was specifically inspired by. And, and it just happened that, well, somebody else might see it as this or that. But sure. now I feel I... Now that I, I've seen the pattern myself, I try to make it that way, um, like intentionally. Like, mm -hmm. I'm definitely talking about this, and I know people who have a similar experience will know that I'm talking about <laughs> this. But th there's also other layers, and I could be talking about this, or someone else 
might be able to relate to it in a way that maybe I didn't think of when I was writing. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I just, I, for me, like uh, Sean knows this, lyrics are not my strong suit yeah. at all. So I just find <laughs> it fascinating, like, um, especially it sounds almost like you were doing um, like word collage, but but based on like what's the emotional thread and just pulling from different sources of yes. your own. That's, that's yeah. cool. And I, I actually, my master's degree is in ri- like professional writing, not in music. So oh, the okay. words, yeah, the lyrics as a vocalist are important anyway, but I really like writing. And for our first track of the session, we decided to write a little jazz progression together for Najwa to improvise over. I plunked my way around some chords on the ukulele while Dave and Najwa said things like, ooh, I like that one, or try a minor seventh there instead. And it came together pretty easily. Once we had it written out, Dave hopped on the bass, we hit record, and Najwa spun some pure gold on top of the chords we wrote. professional writing degree i mean i do not have a desk job in that regard but (laughs) which is a triumph (laughs) yeah um i i think it just helps me with the writing that i want to be doing and then also as a musician i book things and i have to deal with people and there are things sometimes that i would like to say to people that i don't and i find a very professional way of letting them know when they're wrong but okay yeah i'm just thinking like (laughs) why not creative writing as opposed to interesting yeah Yeah, that makes sense that's that's a side of things i wish i was better at (laughs) i think i'm good at emails but like the professional side of the business is yeah my weak link (laughs) Um, then let's talk a little bit about the, uh, albums that you've made. I, uh, mm. Dave and I were listening to a little bit before you came over. Uh, I really love the, the live from the deer head one oh, that yeah. came out this year. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Um, and, and I, it's kind of clunky to look on Spotify. Like it doesn't tell you who wrote the song. So I know you had some original songs mm-hmm. on, uh, both of those, mm-hmm. both of your albums, but there were some standards on both of those mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Um, Good job, because I can't tell which is which. Thank you. (laughs) So they could all be standards. They should be all standards, (laughs) in my opinion, at this point. Um, But how do you go about programming something like that and, like, deciding what you want to record Mm -hmm. when there's thousands of songs that you could choose from (laughs) that would Um, be appropriate? 
definitely again i go back to the story so a lot of the the standards that i choose to sing aren't necessarily very popular ones mm -hmm. usually um i i really like i really like to connect with with the lyrics and <laughs> and feel that that i could tell a story through what's been told over and over again but something that is unique to me still uh i really like uh duke ellington and I love the old songwriters because you can hear how they put a specific chord or a specific melody note with a lyric and like it was you can tell how thought out it was and mm. like oh that that flat nine on that chord yeah, that really real deliberate yeah, yeah. like I feel that emotion yeah good job Duke <laughs> I see what the big deal is about you know <laughs> yeah so I get the hype yeah <laughs> Uh, and um, what was the what was the process for you? Diff uh, what was the recording process like for you when you did your studio album versus the live album? Um, well, with the live album, so the live album was interesting also because it was produced by someone else. So it was very much they were my arrangements, my originals, but I wasn't necessarily in charge of the whole thing. So that was different. Um, just was that nice having some direction, or um, we'll have some. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, it was okay. That I, answers my question. Yeah, I I didn't get all of the creative liberties, like choosing my own band. Like they're great oh, musicians okay. that I played that are on the album uh -huh. that I love playing with, but things like that for my my own album that I produced. I put together a band of people that I play with mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and so there's a lot of similarities, the rehearsing to make sure when you do it, it's, it's good. It's going to be tight and yeah. perfect. And yeah. So, was that all in one night? Yeah. The live recording was all in one night. Um, there are some things you can go back and do in the studio, but not much. So there's that to be conscious of, but also it's, it's, it's a performance, so if you don't let the recording equipment in the corner uh, distract you, you're always trying to be on your best in a performance, yes. so it's it's also kind of freeing in that way. When you're in the studio, you're like in your head, like, no, I need to do this again. I need to do yeah, this. Yeah. I don't like how that note sounded, but in a performance, you're going to listen back you and not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but people are there that like it, so... You're getting you know, positive reinforcement <laughs> yeah. in between every song, which is exactly. nice. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, we'll certainly post a link to places where people can buy those. Mm -hmm. They're on Spotify as well, which yeah. I know you can make a penny off of. <laughs> I don't think they've sent me any checks yet, but uh, I, I think once we'll I wait. get to once I get to like twenty dollars or something, maybe they will. Hey yo. Um, do you have any funny? or interesting performance stories of when things didn't go to plan hmm. without naming names. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of the funny performance stories are just like weird audience members oh. for the most part. <laughs> like, like what brand of weird audience members? Oh man, there's so many. The, you know, 
the person who wants to let you know that they know about music, but like <laughs> in a very... <laughs> oh, here's a story. Sorry to go off on a tangent. For example. <laughs> the more tangents, the fewer yeah. questions I have to ask. So that's great. We're um, performing at this place in, in uh, Chestnut Hill. And it's the the vibe is like an old like an old jazz club vibe and some guy comes up to the stage and says to me oh i'm on a i'm on a date with an older man I'm on a date with this lady i want to impress her you think i could sing uh mac the knife <laughs> <laughs> um <I'm> like <laughs> well we have a set prepared and <laughs> These people came to see us. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is not an <laughs> open mic. Yeah. yeah. This is a, there was, this I is a closed mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he come up more than once. And I can't remember. I think the first time I tried to just like, ah, and then he came back and I had to let him. Mm, yeah. We have a set. And yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you ever have the experience? I feel, I feel like this happens inevitably at a lot of gigs where he, similarly somebody that's looking to prove that they know a thing like they that's the oh, reason yeah. they came up mm-hmm. and so they'll just be like you know whatever it is that you're doing blank mm-hmm. it's not really my cup of tea i don't really like it much at all but you know you are doing a very mm-hmm. nice job with yeah. that kind of a... yeah <laughs> or people will be like you know any ella I'm like first of all I'm yes, pretty I sure. do. <laughs> <laughs> but... Have you heard of this? <laughs> yes, <laughs> she didn't write these, but also, yes, she sang like everything in the Great American Songbook, and I'm pretty sure I did some of them already. <laughs> <laughs> do you know any Ella? <laughs> Next up, we have one of two covers you'll get to hear this episode, and one of the reasons this episode is getting to you so late. Sorry. This one has lots of layers and was truly a labor of love, specifically love for one of Najwa and my closest friends and favorite people, Sarah Murray. Sarah's father passed away at the end of last year, and we decided to surprise her with a cover of one of her original songs that we used to play in our band Silly Heart. This was always one of my favorites of our originals. It's got a simple message of hope and perseverance, and if you want to hear the original version, you can head to sillyheart.bandcamp.com to do that. It's on the album So Ready. And if you haven't heard Sarah's episode yet, definitely check that out. It's one of our most entertaining interviews, and we made three full Silly Heart songs on that one. For this track, we recorded vocals, bass, and guitar all together in one take in our session. Then I multi-tracked drums, flute, clarinet, saxophones, and percussion. This is called Change Scares Me, written by and dedicated to Sarah Murray.
It's funny how you feel when you've got everything you've wanted, but it's never enough, never enough. Is it? Went to school, got a degree, fortune for this piece of paper. Now, this might be an odd question, but mm -hmm. as a person who scats professionally, mm -hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Scatman John and the song Scatman? I don't even know this. <laughs> okay, think back to bus rides from the should 90s. I, should I put this up? Yes, you might as I'll well. get that prepared. <laughs> I, I have a feeling you'll know it when you hear it, but maybe not. I, I just, I, uh, <laughs> he, he's been trying to make a comeback recently, and, and he did a remix of Scatman with Lou Bega, the guy who oh did Mambo number, Mambo number 5, <laughs> and they, they did like Scatman and Hatman, and they, they did Oh no. There we go. This one. <laughs> what? You've really never heard this? This is, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm it playing DDR. It was an DDR. interesting time musically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is the main hook. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, what if we take the, the charm of Lou Bega <laughs> combine that with rave music? <laughs> that would glow sticks. My thoughts are that someone who would want to let you know that they know something might strike up a conversation about that. Well, now you know what to say if someone asks you about if you can do Scatman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next time Thank someone you. yells that out at your at your show. Scatman. <laughs>
Oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, that answers my question. Totally off your radar, because it, <laughs> as it should be. Whew. So let's talk a little bit about ska and reggae, mm -hmm. because you grew up listening to those as well, but mm -hmm. came from a very different in than me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what? let's talk about first, what do you like better, reggae or ska? Oh, man. Um... I don't think I have a like better. Good they're, answer. They're different. They're, they're different. Yeah. Good answer. So then my next question is, why do you think reggae is so much more widely accepted and palatable to people than ska? Is it just because ska is a dirty word that has a stigma attached to it from the, the silly ska in the 90s? Um, or do you think it's something musically about it that doesn't speak to people in the same way that reggae does? I think it's probably... It's probably similar to, like, the the music forms that came out of jazz or the blues are more popular still today. And, sorry, um, in Jamaica, my parents are from Jamaica, so they call it skia. So, and, and skia is the, it's the precursor. So, I feel like maybe... Also, reggae was made to be more danceable, like the just the slower tempo. So that probably affects it too, like how people were going into the dance hall with that before dance hall music. Right. Um, I would, yeah. That makes sense. I would attribute it maybe to the danceability, and then also just people being like, "Oh, that's old school. It's that." But hmm. like, my father still blasts both forms of music at home so <laughs> fantastic uh what brought your parents to the poconos good question i always ask really? how people from that climate found their way to the northeastern corner of the united states and also canada seems but, like an interesting choice <laughs> but uh really what brought them to the poconos was uh we came from new jersey and they were working in new york and a whole bunch of people i think were duped into this premise that there was going to be some um train or some something that would make it easy to get to new york from there and people oh wanted God. to bring their kids to the poconos because it, there was cheaper land there was land and as we know north jersey is very expensive now and i think it was already then and not much place for your kids to play but yeah so i think the same thing <laughs> lord all of those people from new york and new jersey up there interesting in the i don't 90s. think i've ever heard that mystical no, that promise of the train but that yeah. makes sense oh, yes. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody from Never New York happened. went to the Poconos Spoiler in the alert. late 80s, early 90s. There was just a flood that went over there. And yeah. My <laughs> father has been commuting. He's retiring at the end of this week that we're going into. That's Next exciting. week. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So he's been driving and <laughs> taking the bus. <laughs> yeah. They should build a train. Yeah, they, they should. should. make a train. That would be really... Because uh... it's, really, it's really not that far. No. Like, it's just traffic. If a train would have been great. And now for some yeah, distance, you can look at it on a map. You had to do at yeah. least one weird free atonal one, so here it is. I played flute on this one, Najwa vocalized, and Dave played djembe.
Is there a dream project that you have in your mind that you have not realized yet, but that you would like to one day accomplish? What does that look like? I would kind of, or not kind of, I would love to do um, a circus show, an aerialist show with live music. Mm. And also I would love to do um, kind of like, like how people do concept albums with videos. I would like to do an album of originals that went that had different acts, aerialist acts oh, using okay. my own music. And you doing the aerial acts? Not just me. That Your would be very exhausting <laughs> <but> <laughs> to do a show. Yeah. So yeah, different people doing doing acts with my music. That seems like that can be realized yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> that, that seems like it would be a good candidate for the fringe. For yeah. The, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you need to dream bigger. You're going to make that one happen soon. You'll have to think guys. of a new dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then my next question is, 
Uh, I know you are a new mom as well. Truth. Have you found the dream balance between work and music and life and family and all of that kind of thing? Um, I think I'm getting there. I've, I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I feel like I'm doing a good job. I feel like um, you've had it all. You've got it all together. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like the least frazzled new mom that I've ever met. Thank you. It's not always together, but I'm, I'm finding time to still do... I'm still doing music. I'm teaching. Uh, I was telling my mother today, like, I feel like I'm still the same amount of late to things that I was before <laughs> I had a child, which means that I'm like, I'm doing something. I didn't compound my lateness. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I'm still working on it, but, but I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm That's not, awesome. I'm it definitely like not it. composing as much yet, but. I'm getting there. You get some some good lyric inspiration out of yeah, that kid, huh? Like I have ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting experiences to draw on later. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, I think that's about all I had to talk about. Or is there is there a musical high point where everything went right or some job that you've had that you're particularly proud of or anything like that hmm. i just feel like after after i finished my master's i got i just i got the teaching job at temple and i was doing my circus stuff mm -hmm. you I just like jumped like, right in and yeah like i wasn't sure what was gonna happen and had just spent an exorbitant amount of money on a piece of paper. Yeah, like did you go to NYU out. too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of money. <laughs> but, um, yeah. How just... many semesters did you go there? Oh, three. I was okay, like, me too. getting it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and did you do it online? I did. Is that any cheaper than... No. I mean, I guess you don't have to pay for rent in <laughs> exactly, the city. Exactly. That but... was the only thing cheaper. Yeah. Very intense. <laughs> well, have a ne fun next 25 years or so. You know it. I'm waiting for somebody to come up with a plan. Yeah. To this IBR. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, mine, I, I don't pay enough to like pay yeah. off the interest even. So mine have been growing for yeah. the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Which is depressing. But it is. I hope someone will take care of that. Just counting on Fingers it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. We're waiting dangerously close to political topics now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which we can get into, but Dave doesn't like that usually. Uh, no, I mean, well, we're all in agreement. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Beat a dead horse, but... Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be sad? I feel like that's the one... Oh, yeah, then it's waiting. <laughs> when, if we all agree with each other, then it's not much of a discussion. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just a frustration session. Yeah. <laughs> An airing, don't of, airing of grievances. <laughs> like, don't yell at me. I'm saying yeah. the same airing thing. Airing grievances. We need to save that for the... Uh, Festivus. Festivus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And then my last question mm -hmm. is, why did you stop playing the trombone? Why did I stop playing the trombone? Uh, it wasn't like a hard, like, I'm retired from the trombone. I just, I, I just evolved into focusing on vocals more. I just, I feel like I'm better at singing anyway, and I enjoy it more. I don't think that I'll never play the trombone again. In fact, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, which I didn't really care about, but I live in Philadelphia, I took it out. I took it outside as a noisemaker, guys. Mm, yeah, I went outside go. and played the trombone. 
but oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> no, it, it's not that there's no hard retirement. It's still there. I'm sure I'll pull it out at some point. Yeah. Okay. But singing. What mind. What about a series of aerial trombone pieces that go. act as lullabies for Ooh. the new child? Just tie it all together. <laughs> okay. You know. It's, okay. Uh, I like where your head's at. Yeah. I just thought of another one. No, it's escaped me. Oh, yeah. Do you have any um, favorite artists that we may not have heard of that you would like to recommend to us and our listeners? Um, I love Joanna Newsom. Uh, I have heard of her. Yeah. I also love Leanne Lahavas and Laura Mavula. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Laura Mavula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a new one for me. <laughs> yes, those down. who haven't heard her, her before, please um, check out Laura Mbula. M-A-M-V-U-L-A. Okay. Oh, interesting. All right, what's she like? Oh, man. Ten words or less. No, I'm kidding. There's, like, there's a lot of dissonance. It's... She plays the piano, right? Yeah, yeah, keys. And she has uh, horns and, oh, I don't know. It's just really good. There's like Do you the listen rhythms. to a lot of Sing to the Moon? Is that the yes. album? Yeah. 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 It's just really tasty. Huh? Yeah. I will check it's it out. It's like uh, her producer for that album was a former producer for Wham! And somehow combining her songs and his sensibilities you end up with this album that sounds like a love letter ode to pet sounds like orchestral pop but with like awesome r&b sensibilities and harmonies like kind of like janelle monet did a pet sounds tribute it's it's like (laughs) oh it's yeah okay Uh, sweet amazing album all right and then where can the people uh find you you can find me on the youtube uh at NajwaParkins.com. Full disclosure, I don't update it much, but I will. Uh, <laughs> Spotify, SoundCloud. You have any upcoming dates in January or February or anything? Um, not yet to that are worth mentioning. Okay. I have, yeah, I have some private stuff, so you don't care about that. Um, but... Well, I care I'll that you're working. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I care about your bank account. Thank I'm glad you. you're working. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you again. This was a joy. Thanks for and, having me. And uh, thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we brought you some ska earlier today. I think it's only appropriate that we leave you with a little bit of its more famous younger sibling reggae. This one comes to you care of our friend of the show, past guest and number one fan, Dan Pardo. He emailed us suggesting that we cover a well-known song in a completely unexpected genre. We brought this assignment up to Naj, and she said, well, I do a reggae cover of Jolene by Dolly Parton. And we were pretty much sold on that immediately, so we just went with it. Uh, We recorded again, vocals, bass, and guitar all together in our session. Then I added drums, percussion, keyboard, and banjo ukulele afterwards. I chose instruments that kind of leaned country or folky because I wanted to imagine what Dolly's band would actually sound like had they been given this task. Hope you like it, Dan. I'm begging 
so much for listening to Sean and Dave make music today. And thanks again to our guest Najwa for being incredible as always. If you like what you heard from her today, please check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you buy or stream music. You can also go to NajwaParkins.com to find out more about her and watch some videos. And if you're local to the Philly area, do yourself a favor and try to catch her performing live. If you particularly liked her ska and reggae stylings on this episode, you should know that she and I have also collaborated on a few other projects that I've released under my own name, Shauna Rajo. She sang three tracks on my first album, Constructive Rest, and two on my second, Desania. Those are also available everywhere. 
Special thanks are also due to Dan Pardo for the cover suggestion. Go back and listen to Dan's episode if you haven't heard that one yet. And if you have Netflix and are a comedy fan, I highly recommend that you watch John Mulaney's new special, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Dan conducted and music directed it, and it's really brilliantly weird and funny and catchy and all around great. Don't forget to also subscribe to our show and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to be a part of the fun, let us know what kind of music we should make next time. Email us at seananddavemakemusic at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again for listening. See you next month. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-